All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Planker Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schaefer, and today we have Jackson Karstetter joining the show. Jackson is an 18-year-old about to graduate from Weist Academy, and he is best known for how fast he can spin on rails, as well as his Instagram account, at Railskiing. I've seen Jackson on Instagram forever, so I wanted to hit him up and find out what's going on with the next generation of kids coming up. As always, if you like the show, subscribe and give us a rating. Follow us on Instagram at TwoPlankerPod, and send us a DM if you have a guest request. That is all for the intro. Here's Jackson. All right, here we are back with another episode. And Jackson, introduce yourself to everybody. What's up? I'm Jackson Carsetter. I'm 18. I'm from Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Um, I'm a freestyle skier. Um, yeah, that's about it. Nice, dude. So, wanted to get you on. Last time everybody saw you was at Steel City Showdown. So, uh, what have you been up to since then? Uh, I've been traveling a lot from uh, YEC Academy back to Colorado. I did USTSA Nationals the other day. Um, I took a little bit of time off before Nationals because I thought I did something to my knee again, which is stupid. I hate that stuff. But I had an MRI, and I don't have any tears, so I went to Nationals, one open rail jam, and now I'm back in Colorado just hanging out with the fam. Yeah, so what was so what was up with this? Like, what was the national setup that you went to? Because it looked like it was just a rail jam, and I hadn't seen that before, like, at a at a competition. So how did that whole thing work? It was uh, – USCSA always does, like, a little rail jam for, uh, for Nationals. Like, Nationals and like, a lower-level type thing. And uh, open class is, like – you win a grand if you if you win it all so i was like you know it'd be nice <laughs> so i went into it and when i pulled up it was just two flat bars a little tiny dfd and like a big wall i was like eh, it's kind of small but it'll be fun it was a fun event everyone popped off there was a bunch of good kids there and it was, it was a good time and you came out and won it right i did yeah I wasn't doing well until literally my final run i don't know how my final run ended up being so well but it, it worked out. So was that your first like big, is that your first big win at one of those nationals or have you, uh, cause you're on the, you're on the competition circuit right now, right? A little bit. I did. I, since I lost all of last year from my knee being blown, I like tried to get back into it this year. I started off with futures and you had to place the top two to get into rev. And I got six. So I was kind of like over the whole comp scene but, I mean, like, Tom Walsh Rail Jam, it's my favorite event. I'll always go and do that. Like, I want to be based more in the rail jams than, than slope. I'm not a fan of slope. But, yeah, um, Nationals and uh, Tom's event was pretty much the only events I did this year. But hopefully there's more rail jams I can get into next year. Yeah. You're kind of the – it's funny because you're – I mean, you said you're 18 years old. So you're kind of that new generation of skier, the social media – huge social media presence, but you're also kind of a, a Midwest East coast guy where, you know, you have all this rail talent. Yeah. So you're not going to go out and like, go, you know, go rip it on slope style. So I think you got a really interesting <laughs> setup. So, I mean, let's get the, let's get the backstory. Cause I know that you're not living in uh, Indiana anymore. So uh, let's talk about your roots and then we'll talk about where you moved to. Uh, so grew up in Indiana from ages. All right. Actually, I, Moved from Indiana when I was 14. Grew up there my whole life, and I got a 
DM from a coach there at Weist Academy, and they uh, wanted me to come out. So I tested it out, went to summer camp, and I loved it. Um, then I ended up going there second semester of my eighth grade year. And my parents decided to move to Colorado for my dad's work that same time. So they moved to Colorado as I went to Oregon. And it just all went from there. I mean, went to four, or this is my fifth year at Y East now. About to graduate in two weeks. And it was crazy. That place is the best. If anyone's trying to go there, hit me in the DMs. I will always help out. So you were in Indiana uh, riding at Perfect North. How did they even, like, notice you? Were you were you just ripping it up at Perfect North? And, you know, I know that Nick Gepper went to Hawaii, so, like, did he have a part in it? Because he's also an Indiana guy. Um, I don't remember exactly how they found me. I was posting, like, videos on Instagram and New Schoolers, and I'm pretty sure that my dub flat video from me being, I think I was 13 at the time, I think one of the coaches found that on New Schoolers and just – Immediately, it was like, this is gross. We'll help that. <laughs> and that's how it was found. Uh, Nick definitely, like, talked to my – or Nick's parents and him talked to my parents a lot about the school, and that's how it went and definitely helped out. But, so when you were growing up, yeah. was Nick was Nick still at the mountain or did – I mean, he hit a big kind of young, so I don't even know if you really would have seen him riding up the local mountain. I mean, we would see him, like – maybe once or twice a year i was a snowboarder for five years and i remember he won Sochi or not one he got third in Sochi, and he came back after Sochi, and i was on a snowboard still and i was like yeah i need to be on skis <laughs> and he got me on skis and i mean he would come after that i would see him a lot more after i started skiing and uh i started actually skiing with him probably like three years ago is when he actually figured out who I was and yeah he, he's a cool guy yeah so how many years have you been skiing for um I think this is my eighth eighth year skiing I started when I was 11 Jeez. so it was only like yeah. two years before they they recruited you to come out to Y East right two or three yeah they, two or three yeah I rollerbladed for like years. So like as soon as I got on like skis, it picked up really easy. Like I remember my first day after skiing, I had front twos and back twos and it was like so hyped because I was on snowboard. I could not do anything. I can like still do things now, but like compared to how fast I picked up skiing, it was like, I loved it instantly. So what was it like going up to, so Y East is what Wendell's Academy used to be. So what was it like jumping from, I don't know if you went to public school or private school, but like, what was it like jumping from your hometown school and being like, all right, I'm going to move my entire life out to Oregon. It was, it was quite a ride. It, I struggled at first for sure. Like, especially I was an eighth grader. So I was really young and I moved away from all my friends, all my family. And my eighth grade year definitely struggled a little bit, but I had Tanner and Connor Ralph and uh, Jed and like there was big dogs there and I was the youngest like everyone was so much bigger than me I was probably like five one just no one knew who I was it was a struggle for sure but um I loved it ever since like coming back to Colorado was definitely a struggle because I didn't know anyone didn't go to school here so I love going back to Indiana still I always will go back there (laughs) 
but um yeah it wasn't too bad yeah so have you been doing like the college style living ever since you were in eighth grade like do you guys just immediately start living in cabins together and like going to dining halls and all that or is it different for like the middle school age kids it's kind of like that so there have you ever been to Wendell's campus no it's a uh, there's probably like 20 dorms around the campus so there's like a big u and there's a skate park inside of it there's a cafeteria on the very end of it it's like scheduled uh, like breakfast lunch and dinner and then outside the skate park or outside the the big u of cabins and the cafeteria is another skate park and then behind that is a, a big uh it's called bob it's a indoor skate park trampolines stuff like that it's it is an insane place. It's crazy. When I first went there, I was in shock. Like, it's one of those things where you're just like, holy crap, I'm about to live here by myself. <laughs> so what's the setup for classes like? Do you – honestly, I don't even really know how these academies function because I, I was just a public school kid all my life. But are you doing, like, half days or is the winter really light and, like, the fall is really heavy? How does that work? We try to make it fall is really heavy and winter is really light, but usually we would ski from like breakfast is at like 7 a.m. We'd be up on hill by 8.39. We'd ski from 9 to 12.31 ish and then do school from 12 or 2 to 6. But you can like it's online school because if when we travel, we can just go to online. But we can get as far ahead as we want. I mean, Sometimes you get really far behind, then you go back and sit in the class longer and stuff like that. But like right now, I've been ahead for like three, I'm like three weeks ahead. So I try and get ahead so I don't have to do it and just keep skiing, pushing content. Where do they source these teachers from? Are these teachers that are like completely, obviously they're, they have to be down with the setup, but do they come from the ski industry? Are there kids in skiing? Like how do they, what are the background of these teachers like? Um, Most of the, most of the teachers are like skaters or mountain bikers or something like they're in the sport kind of, but they're all really cool. Like everyone's got this vibe that they all like action sports and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. Like all oh, there's life coaches too. that are basically like your parents, make sure you don't do anything stupid and stuff like that. Keep you up. And they're all like skaters, skiers, snowboarders and stuff like that. So you can connect with them. Is there a bigger focus on getting into college or is it all about succeeding in the ski industry? The teachers definitely do push you to like look for colleges. Like we all took our SATs and stuff like that. And we, um, they pushed you to submit like to colleges and stuff like that. But I, I um, put an application into the U of U and Westminster. So you want to be a Salt Lake guy. Yep. I'm just trying to do online. I'm not too sure yet. I mean, yeah, it's funny, man. Like, it's out. it's hard to imagine like actually really caring about SATs or any of that when you're just like going out to competitions and you're, you know, you're basically already building a yeah. career and they're trying to get you to care about, you know, oh, what's your ACT score, all that. Yeah. It's like, it's just a little bit of a backup plan for just in case is what they're trying to do. And are your parents but, cool with like, yeah. all right, yeah academics can go on the back burner like let's go full force of skiing or are they still like hey man you should really you know definitely try to plan out a career in case this doesn't work out i mean they're definitely like still pushing for something else just in case 
but I mean, they want me to be full on skiing and doing stuff like that. My parents are definitely on my ass for school. <laughs> so, uh, so what's your like? Uh, what's your your schedule look like for the school year? Are are you mapping out? Is your coaches or whoever at the school mapping out? Okay, this is this week we're going to this competition. This week we're going to this competition. Or do you kind of have to earn your way to each event, and it's kind of undetermined whether or not you're going to all these things? Well, so they they know like dates and like where the competitions are. So they'll have like a set in stone. Like we may come here if there's kids eligible for it, and. uh so like this season I didn't have enough points for like any of the big things. So I went to Mammoth. The whole or a lot of the team went to Mammoth. Um then like a couple other kids would go to like Calgary for that event for Noram or stuff like that. And I would stay back and go to Oregon or I'd travel and go film. Like I went back and forth to Perfect North a lot this year so I can go and film like edits. Cause I can get so much content there. It's insane. Yeah, I I kind of just did my uh, own schedule so I can get more content out since I wasn't competing. Cool. So I always like to get those questions in because I have like no idea what it was like to go to an academy. And I'm always just like, you know, what is it like to be a high schooler there? But um, so, I mean, you're so you're you're on that circuit now. You know, you're, you're doing the whole come up, come up within the competition circuit. Something I found out interesting about you by listening to the other interview you did was that you started the Instagram account at rail skiing when you were in eighth grade. So do you want to tell, tell people the story behind that? So I was in eighth grade. I like, didn't, I didn't have anyone like to talk to besides Tanner and Connor. Like I was so young and I was afraid to talk to everyone else. So I, I lived with seniors at the time. So I would just go back to my cabin and be bored. And I remember making an account like rail skiing and I was just, I would just post people like I'd take their clips, tag them, tag the filmers. And I was gaining so like really fast because back then there was like not many Instagram accounts like doing this. And uh, I didn't tell anyone for probably a year and a half. And I remember my first, I told Tanner and Tanner was like, no way. Cause I have been following probably since like a hundred followers. So I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he would DM me clips when he's like literally a walk away. <laughs> And uh, it's it started growing really, really fast. I'd post like once or twice a day. Um, I haven't I've been slacking recently because I've been so busy. But yeah, I think once I hit 10K, I started getting people to hit me up for merch. Like I've been doing this for a while and it's it's just took taken off. I definitely want to take it to the next level and start hosting like rail jams, kind of like what Tom did but like on a lower level just at like smaller like resorts and like get kids hype and stuff like that. So that's definitely a big goal of mine. Well, were you inspired by Ski Creative or any of those other pages or were those not even around yet? Ski Creative has been around for way longer. Uh I was inspired by him, Ski Graham and Drink Butter for sure. I think those were the only three that I like those are the only three I really like, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Squid skiing was a big one. He sure it's he was just like I can't do it anymore. So when you were first starting, I mean, obviously people aren't going to DM you clips. Were you were you just ripping clips off people's Instagrams, or would you reach out to them and be like, hey, could I repost this? Like how how does that even work? Starting that out at the beginning. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't want to be known as like the the guy that just steals clips. I didn't want people thinking I was like a fake account. Cause that's like the biggest thing I hate. 
So I would ask, like, I think I first started posting and I asked Cal Carson and I would DM him like, yo, can I post this? And he he loved it. And he would send me clips too. And so I just started doing that. And then once I hit like 2000 followers, I would like take clips from like other accounts and I tag them in their filmers. And like, no one really like got on my ass for it. And I was like, weird. I don't need to like ask technically because it's open to the public. As long as I'm tagging them and, filmers and stuff like that like i'm not a dick for it has anyone ever given you any any trouble for uh for reposting a clip yes uh mango did (laughs) yeah he was really really mad about it um i was every year i post clips for the real ski rest in peace real ski but um they i take one clip from each edit and I'd hype it up, get views and votes for them. And I posted mangoes. And I don't even think it was like his banger trick. It was just a good clip. And I posted it. And I remember he DMing me like, yo, take this shit down right now. And I was like, I took it down. I'm like, yo, man, I'm not like trying to like steal your content. Like I'm trying to get you votes. I'm trying to get you up there. He's like, I just hate when Instagram accounts take stuff that I've been working on and just ruin it. I'm like, the whole point of this to get you to win and get you votes. Like, I'm not trying to ruin your shit, man. Yeah. I, I can kind of see where he's coming from. Like, especially since ESPN was so loose with how they would, you know, the ESPN yeah. would t- would take all those clips and like take them out of the edit and completely ruin the context. So I could yeah. see how he'd be like, oh, more of this. I get where he's coming from on that one. Yeah, I, I definitely see what he's saying. But the whole thing is like you're filming to put it out there on the Internet. So yeah. like with me getting exposure from my 40,000 followers like, those can go to your edit, like, I don't, it's whatever. See what he's saying, though. Yeah, so on the flip side, have you ever had people, you know, like, people that weren't super big at first, but have now blown up, that were super stoked that you were kind of helping them uh, get some more exposure? Uh, there's definitely, like, a lot of kids. Um, I feel like Walker, um, I feel like I posted him before he, like, blew up. Uh, I'm definitely not the reason why he blew up, though. That kid's insane. Love Walker. I remember, po- I remember, like, I would try and find like underrated skiers that no one knew about, and I would post them, and like, hopefully, other accounts would find him and like stuff like that, and other people. Uh, Matej, I remember him posting him when he was like really small, and then he blew up. Um, um. Like Jed, Tanner, Connor, all of them. I don't know. There's there's a bunch, I feel. Dude, and it's funny because, like, you're doing all this stuff as, like, a like a 14, 15, 16-year-old. That's crazy. Yeah, I was trying to make a business. Yeah. I mean, dude, that, that, I mean good on you, dude. Like, I'm looking at this uh, the kind of uh, merch section of the website right now. How did, mm-hmm. you, how did you get that rolling? Because, I mean, you're only 18 now, and you're kind of uh, – I guess I guess this is just like a Gen Z thing. You guys are just on more on top of your stuff than like previous people. People have always made T-shirts, you know, but like your own website and you're everyone's making it more legit now. Yeah, I so I didn't want to run it myself fully. Like I didn't want to put the orders in and stuff like that because I just don't have time. Like during the ski season, I feel like next year once I graduate, I'll be able to have time. Um, but so my first time ever doing it muted hit me up and 
he's like, let's collab and we can do your merch and stuff like that. He's like, I'll give you a percentage and I'll do everything. I'll pay for it all. And I was like, word, that's perfect. And then we did that for a year and a half uh, up until August. And I remember messaging them and I messaged them probably like 10 times on like different iMessage, Instagram, email, never heard from them again. Wow. So I was like, for a month and a half, I was like, shit, I don't know what to do. And I started talking to this guy, this kid. Uh, he owns Jibskin Apparel. He's literally 17. And he, we were, we first started out doing just like my, it was like a Karstetter hoodie. It never came out. And I was like, yo, man, let's do like, do you want to do rail skiing gear? And we talked it out. We started making up stuff and, uh, we got a whole new selection back out and I got shot down with by muted. I don't know what ever happened to that. And it's been great so far. The kid's nice. dope. He's 17 and he's just running merch. Like at nationals, I saw so many kids with like his gear on the pants. Like he's killing it and he's just 17. So are you making good money off this or is this just like messing around money? You know, just like a couple bucks here and there. Uh, as of right now, it's probably just like a couple bucks here and there. Like, I really have to be on my shit to like grind, like, yo, merch now, like stuff like that. Cause it's all social media based. Like no, it's not like in stores and stuff like that. So I'd have to post a lot to get more money, but I feel like as my account's growing and I get more like events going, say I like have rail jams or like resorts have rail gems i want to be able to get my gear into those rail gems they give away as prizes which would be sick like perfects did that last year and like now you see a bunch of kids wearing rail skiing gear around which is really dope do you ever post yourself on rail skiing i, I think um, at one point i saw like a new schoolers thread that was like or maybe a meme and it was like t kind of talking shit about it and you're like dude i'd never even post myself on my own page yeah, there there's been new schoolers threads recently on me and I hate the people on new schoolers threads. They can they can come at me all they want, but I, I just don't get it. Um Yeah, there was a meme page that, that made a meme that was like it was like Barack Obama putting a medal on Barack Obama <laughs> saying when Jackson Carcer posts. Yeah, that's what you saw. Yeah. But uh I posted myself on rail skiing, like cause when I first started it. I was like, everyone asked me, who runs it? Who runs it? I was like, if I hit 10,000 followers, I'll post who, who runs it. Hit 10,000 followers, and I posted myself. And I think that was the only time I really posted myself. And then I dropped merch, and I'd put photos of me wearing it. And I wouldn't tag myself. Um, but that's really it. Recently, Line posted me and Luke Votals at it and then did a collab with rail skiing because I was wearing rail skiing merch. So I did that. But that's like the only other time I've posted myself. Dude, I think all these, you know, obviously I haven't talked to everyone and it's funny because the, the person I have talked to like uh, skier Dan, he's, he doesn't fit this profile that I'm building up, but I feel like a lot of those mean pages and a lot of the kids on new schoolers, Dude, they're all mm -hmm. like high school, you know, high school or younger. So, so do you really let it get to you or are you just kind of like, all right, that's really annoying, but whatever, I'm good. It's, it's not the Instagram meme pages. It's the people on new schoolers just talking shit for no reason. 
Yeah. And it's not even like kids. It's like older people just like on there 24-7. It's crazy. Like after Steel Cities, when I like I got on news scores because I was like po- I posted a net and I was just like checking up on it. I scrolled through, I scrolled down two, and there was three threads just about me talking shit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but it's alright. So what's it so what's really the what's the me. biggest complaint that you usually hear? Is it like the social media thing, or is it more you know you're spinning like a top and people are like, oh, that's that's not where we're that's not where our roots are. Um, just both, honestly. Uh, Steel City was like people would make threads on Steel City saying I spun too much, or I don't care, that's their problem. And then, uh, the other thread was about I won the NS Open contest, it's like an online contest where you post your top five clips of the year, and I put them all in there. I won it, and then people made a thread about how. They wanted to see someone else win because they've seen all my clips. Like, it, that's part of, like, I could have saved them, but, like, at the same time, I, I'm i trying to build myself up. Like, I'm not – it's whatever. If you look at all the Super Unknown edits from this year, those are all clips that everyone's seen before for the most part. You know, people just take them from exactly. – they take the best clips from their edits and just put them into one because exactly. they want to win the contest. Yeah, that's the it's the whole it's the same thing, and people are just once someone wins that they're just gonna hate on it. Yeah, and there's hate in every. Totally, yeah. especially if one of their oh, friends well. is in the competition too, they're just gonna be like, "Oh, what, bro? My friend totally should have won. This kid sucks." Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's how it always goes. Yeah. So I mean, people what's are, your view of the whole are... the whole social media thing? Because you're part of the generation that's coming up with a huge social media presence before you even necessarily make it big in competition. So how do you view like those two different paths within skiing? Um, I personally love the social media side of skiing. It's just more fun, more free. Uh, I love editing. And um, I, I, I put out like probably 60 edits this year, which is the most I've ever done. And it was the like first, like I didn't ski for a whole year. So like I'm, I'm glad I was able to put out that much content and stuff like that. But um, there's money in the social media side of skiing, and I want to find that money for sure because I don't like the comp scene. I don't think it's fun. I do. I love rail jams though. The vibe of a rail jam is always the best. Slope though, slope's just not it for me. But yeah, I I gotta figure it out. So right now, like, so right now, Steel City is kind of your, like, your Super Bowl, basically. Because it's the biggest, it's the yeah. biggest Rail Gym event. Yeah. Yeah, that's my Super Bowl for sure. <laughs> Whole year, just working myself up to, like, somehow be a hall. Yeah, it's tricky, somehow. dude. It's tricky. You're competing against people that are in the Olympics. You did, like, and this year you got what? So you've been in it twice. This year you got fifth. What'd you get at the first Steel City? Um... My first Steel City, I was freaking out. I was 16, and I made it through qualies, and then I had to go against all the big dogs, which I've never seen before. I was, like, scared to talk to any of them. And uh, I got through qualies. I did – I did. I don't even know how I made it into qualies. I landed my three tricks, and I guess that's what they wanted. After that, I didn't land anything. And then in finals, I think I got seventh. Maybe eighth, seventh or eighth, but they wanted your they wanted 
three tricks and I got my first two right off the bat and I couldn't get the third one. It was like pouring down rain and I just kept sticking on it and I was just, whatever. A-Hall didn't found, didn't have an issue at all. No, and Colby it was crazy, but yeah. So you must've been stoked this year to like really improve a lot and kind of show out and actually be able to land pretty much all your stuff. I don't know if I saw any huge bales. I landed all my stuff right off the bat and qualities I was struggling with the two front nine, which that was my first time trying it was in qualities. And then I got it, I think I landed it first try in finals. The 2P8 I did struggle with in, in finals. I did a 2P2 and then a 2P4 and then another 2P4. And then Tom goes, you're trying the eight, aren't you? And I go, yeah. And I got it on my fourth attempt. And then I went over to do a switch to Misty 4. And then my final trick was a switch to Mist, or switch to back eight. I got it really quick, which I was happy with, except for the 2P8. That was getting me mad because I did it like first try in practice. Yeah. But. So you're trying to do more. Are you trying to pretzel more? Because I know that a, a big complaint is that, you know, like a, a switch to continuing nine is just basically like a a helicopter, whatever, a helicopter, like 1160 or yeah. some crap like that. So are you trying to make it more technical or are you just, fo- are you like, how are you, how are you viewing your progression for that? Um, This year I was just trying to figure out like more, like, so for my previous years, or my previous Steel City, they I remember on the announce or Tom on the announcing was like he needs to be spinning more both ways, like whether it's a left spin on or a left back swap or something like that. So I my whole like beginning of the season I was like I'm gonna work on left two on to pretzel out. And I picked it up like now my unnat two on is my natural. So that like two P eight, it's an unnat two on to pretz eight. And then I wanted to do other way two on pretz eight, but I never got it. I got the six, but I've been working on a lot of different technical pretzel variations. Just been watching a lot of Tom edits. <laughs> I usually get like, I see a rail and I'm just, I think of something that's, technical and probably like hopefully never been done and that's my goal for the day so at perfect north you know i could i'm just assuming growing up on like growing up on the east coast i'm just kind of assuming what indiana's like is it basically just the park is just all rails and there's no big jumps and that's what that's how you got so filthy at rails pretty much i mean they have so they have like four parks which is insane for how small the resort is there's a rope toe, and then there's another another side of the rope toe. And then recently, they have this red lift, which is usually like their their big hill. And um, they're on the left side of it, there's a jump line. And I'd say you could probably do like a switch five to a cork nine on it. And then on the blue lift, that's like their big rail features. But on the left side of it, there's a small or an am jump and the pro jump. And... But I mean, even at la- this year's big air, there's a snowboard try to triple on it. It's like there are like kids doing doubles on it. I did a dub row nine on it this year. Um, in the previous years, I've seen dub 12. So like it's been done. Um, if you ever go like go back and watch Chris Laker edits from like 2009, 2012, he did all four dub 12s on a perfect north jump. Sometimes they can, they can build a jump, but they are known for their rails for sure. Yeah. 
in the terms of the competition scene, you only like you're you're the rail guy. You want to keep doing rail jams, all that. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, for the time being, you're not going to be able to. You're realistically not going to be able to make a ton of money for that. So, are you still going to pursue the the social media side of things? And how, like, how does that work? Because I see that you're linked up with Line, and I, is that because of? It's not because of comp stuff, right? It's because of your social media presence. For, through line yeah or just any sponsorship really like how are you getting linked up with sponsors if like if slope style for example isn't your focus so most most sponsored athletes these days or like most sponsors even are like looking for kids on social media to like promote their gear like most kids are found through social media so i line found me uh my beginning of my sophomore year and that's really when i started cranking out um like content like that summer i would go and hit my dry slope for like three hours a day and i'd post a clip every single day that whole summer and line eventually hit me up and we started talking and then they sponsored me um then all the rest of my sponsors came through um uh social media but I think my route in that I want to take is vlogging, whether it's not even skiing, because I like doing other things too, like death diving, like cliff jumping, um, wakeboarding, surfing, like skating and stuff like that. So I, I want to start vlogging this whole summer. S- vlogging and skiing is the hardest thing for me. I cannot dedicate myself to do because I always want to film Instagram stuff. But it's it's hard because I don't have anyone else like with a camera following me around all day. But hopefully one day that'll be sick. Who are some uh, skiers that you think are doing the vlog thing really well right now? Because I know there's a couple of them out there. Shout out T Blake. T Blake's grinding that. Um, uh, Andre's make, doing really well in it. I, I honestly can't think of many skiers that are vlogging. Like I can only think of two. Just Andre and Tanner. But, yeah, my favorite's Tanner. I love Tanner's vlogs. It's a good vibe. That's awesome. So you guys guys sponsored off of, like, backyard clips, which I feel like is something that these younger kids, like, will be really stoked on. So, I mean, was that that ever your intention, or were you just super stoked when you're posting all this dope stuff and people start, you know, companies recognize, like, oh, this is sick and – we could just chuck him some gear and he'll be promoting it every time he posts. I mean, it's kind of like that. I mean, line, I remember I was posting clips with my lines. They were shattered. The fronts were destroyed. I would like do rock clips. Like I have a big rock in my backyard. So I'd slide like a 30 foot rail and then hit the rock and stuff like that. So my skis were destroyed and line was like, we'll hit you. We'll give you some skis and stuff like that. And then, um, wear leathers, uh, he kind of he sponsored TOF a long time ago with Jed and Tanner, and then I hopped on that social media wave, like doing duo edits with them and stuff like that. And they kind of just picked me up with that, and now I have a rail skiing code with them. The the rail skiing and me with wear leathers is like two separate things, which is sick. Like he's doing a great job with that, and I love that doesn't make me feel like I'm just getting used for rail skiing. So are your coaches and anybody at the academy, are they telling you to build the social media presence? Because I know that, 
you know, I've worked with, I've worked with a couple like college teams and, and has some exposure, like, like in terms of the like mainstream sports, like football and all that. And even their coaches now are mm-hmm. saying, yo, you guys got to get your social media, right. If you want to make it into the, or if you want to get big sponsorships, you know, they, they're saying, Hey, you can't be, you can't have a, you can't be a, a college football player with like a wild, you know, regular person, Instagram posting crazy shit and expect to get sponsored. So are your coaches yeah. telling you guys kind of the same thing? So Instagram and TikTok, I like people making like edits and stuff like that for like like four times a week. I feel like that didn't pick up till like my sophomore year. And I remember Tof has been making like Instagram edits before anyone. And he started pushing like all of us to start doing it because he started getting sponsors and he started gaining thousands of followers. And we all kind of just followed Tof and uh, did what he did. And now we're all here. And Tof's like, we still like, Tof teaches us so much about social media. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I definitely look up to Tof on the social media side. That's sick. I didn't even realize that he was a coach there. So you have him as one of your coaches. Who else do you have? Who else is coaching at? Uh, uh, Brian McCarthy. He doesn't like post or anything, but he's a goat for sure. He's been there since he's been there since my eighth grade year. Tof came my freshman year tof is the man love them both dude it, it just makes so much sense now that now that you have like him being your coach and having such a, it just everything's like clicking together now <laughs> <laughs> yeah everyone says that once we say it tof's always like filming us and we film him it's it's the best it's always about- where do you guys ride do you do anything with the school during the summer or is summer just you could do whatever you want um, so they do do a summer academy or you can do summer camps um, I like to only go for like a week or two. I like to have a summer and like do other things, but you can go out to hood all summer if you want to. I haven't done like last summer. I didn't get to cause I had surgery the year before I went out for two weeks and then I did the dub out of the rail and hurt my shoulder. Um, and then the summer before I, I forget what I did that summer. I don't know. I just had a last bad last three summers apparently. <laughs> You get to summer camp and you feel like you have to send. It's crazy. The vibe <laughs> there is just insane. Like my, Wait, I think the my weather, day, the weather, the hype. Like it's like slushy conditions, like t-shirt weather. It's crazy. My first, my first day at summer camp two summers ago. I remember I didn't ski for like five months. My first day back on snow, I tried to trip fourteen and I landed on my feet. I was just on chronics and I buttered out. So like it's it's insane. But yeah, so you're still so even though you don't really want to like super pursue the slope style route, you're still trying to progress your jumps pretty big. Oh uh, yeah, I still love jumping. I I, I had a problem this year with jumping because my knee. Huh. I have a lot of bone to bone action, so it's like every time I land forward or like stuff like that, it just it doesn't like it. So I try and land switch. The beginning of the season, I was doing like dub 12s like right off the bat like first day back on jumps i was doing switch dub 10s and stuff like that and then i'd say probably march came and jumping just did not feel the same anymore everything started hurting so i just kind of slowed down with jumps and then i slowly started to pick it back up again and then i had a really bad crash then i was pretty much done dude Jumps are just whack. 
if you, if you didn't grow up doing them, it's just whack, dude. It's so it's so high consequence and it's pretty scary. Like rails are just where it's at. I love, I used to love doing jumps, but now that it's like I had surgery, it just changed me a little bit. I, I still want to be able to like jump and like do stuff like, like, like dubs and all that, but I'm just waiting for my, I had a strength in my knee, I guess. I went through all that PT and I, I think I just cranked too hard this season and just tired. Yeah, dude. But. Now that I'm getting older, like I see what skier Dan and all those older guys are saying, like the guys that only butter now. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm getting to that point where I'm like, oh, I'd rather just like hit a rail and learn something new on rails than try to learn something new on jumps. And I feel, and I see the future and it's like, oh yeah, why not just, why even bother trying to get hurt on rails, dude? Just butter. <laughs> and then after that's like, just turn, you know, everyone just starts to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Toph, Toph is like, uh, I think he's 35 now and he's just still like cranking out butters and doing rail tricks, like both combined. I don't know. That man has visions of tricks in his mind that no one else could think of. Yeah, like, he's like, all right, film me do this three sixty butter daffy nose block. I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're saying. Just do it, like. <laughs> and then he lands it, and we're just like, whoa. Yeah, dude. And so I mean, some guys have been on that kick since like they were young. You look at like Garrett Russell or like all the traveling circus guys, like Rob Hewley. Oh, yeah. Everyone just trying to ski creative rather than trying to ski, you know, as hard as possible and learn the hardest, most technical tricks. Like some people just enjoy having fun and, and you know just learning something goofy kind of yeah just that weird skiing i love it it's a, it's a good vibe i try i'm not great at butters i want to be but it's i don't know i can't figure it out quite yet dude i don't know i kind of like i kind of like your thing like just being super sick at rails you know some people it's like some people hate on it like oh like you're not well-rounded or whatever but i don't know some not everyone needs to be the exact same type of skier and do the exact same trick. Some people can just be really good at, you know, one specific like thing, yeah. like, really good at jumps, really good at rails, really good at butters, like you were saying with Toph. So I don't know. It's cool. It's, it's cool. It'd be, it'd be sick to have like some type of like with the type of skiing that I have now, but add a little bit of flavor to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's always something that I want to like add whether it's like, so I, you, I'm my nose butters. I don't even like, they're not even like a true nose, butter. it's almost like I'm hopping to switch just like surfacing almost, but I'll hop the switch to like a switch two on. It's like a nose, bud four, but I want to be able to like press it and then do something like insane out after it. But I got to figure it out. I'm not great at it yet. Dude, you got so much time for growth. Like, you're just you're just wrapping up high school. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, I mean, now like a lot of a lot of dudes your age, like you guys view edits as like just clips posted on Instagram with some music overlay. Do you ever plan on posting something like holding on to clips for longer and then releasing like a a longer edit on YouTube, or is that or is YouTube more like where you want to do like behind the scenes mixed in with skiing with the vlog stuff? Um. I definitely want to be able to like hold on to clips. So like I I mean I'm not just going to hold on to like Instagram clips and like just throw that out, but I want to like be able to make my YouTube like vlogs and like just random like hype edits. Like my perfect north edit that I dropped 
um, like a month ago or something like that. Uh, I saved all those clips. Me and Donovan Duffy, we went out for a week straight and we filmed all that. And I saved them. I made the edit and I was super stoked on it. And I dropped it. And I feel like people were just like, you need, we need more of this. Because there's not many like of these edits that we can like go back and watch. And I was like, all right, I, I, I love doing it. Like, it's fun. Cause I can like, cause after we're like done filming with the camera, we can go and get iPhone clips. And I can just post those like obviously different tricks. Cause I don't want like people to get tired of the same stuff, but yeah. You ever think about bringing any of this stuff to the streets and filming an urban edit? Cause I feel like if you, if you could lace up even one of these insane tricks on like a huge closeout, that'd be, that'd be legendary. Like a nine out of a closeout. That'd be nuts. <laughs> I've, I've been wanting to get in the streets, but it's been hard with like the academy because they don't really like us to do that when we're there. It's a big liability, yeah. which is fair. So well, I think once I graduate and I'm able to go out and do all that, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one. I'm waiting, just waiting until yeah. I graduate. Me and Tanner did. Me, Tanner, and Connor did like two days of urban last year. And uh, do you know the Sam Zaner? I think it's a quad kink that he did in his real ski he did a two to switch on it uh, i'm trying to remember i would have to go back and look but it's a ri ridiculous rail and i me and tanner uh i live in parker colorado like it's two hours out of the mountains like we barely ever get snow here um and me and tanner came here and we got like maybe like four inches of snow and we we were driving around just looking for rails and we pull up to this school like literally three miles from my house and we see this rail and Tanner's like, no way. I'm like, what? He goes, that's the Sam Zanner rail. So Sam and his crew hit all the rails at this school for his real ski edit. And I, my knee was like the size of a bowling ball. And I was, I was scared to hit it. Cause at the very end of it, it it's loops around like a big U. And if you don't lift your tips up, it's tossing you. And Tanner went out and he tried it for two days straight or the first day it like got dark. So he didn't do it or he couldn't get it. And then the next day he got like fourth try and it was just a straight slide to forward. But that's like our first time ever hitting Irvin. We were so hyped, but we want to like be able to take it bigger next year. Dude. The, and that's sick that your first like real, <laughs> real time doing Irvin was a rail that you guys recognize like a like kind of an iconic rail from somebody else's part that's super sick it's crazy that it was literally three miles away from my house too it's like it's like the banger of his edit and it's three miles down from my house i had no clue it Dude, goes on to like a football field it's like a probably like a 60 foot long quad kink yeah i'm watching it's it now ridiculous. this thing is this thing is insane it's the closer for his real ski yeah the two to switch yeah, that is it's nuts. So sick. Yeah. And then there's a, I think he did a two on three up or a two on super fed or something like that. It's on this DFD. That's literally right across the street from the quad kink. Yeah. Damn, and bro. That one, did, like when we were trying to hit it, there was not enough snow. We just wanted to hit it and be like, yo, I think we could probably do some bigger stuff once we have snow. But they had a winch too. We didn't have a winch. Me and Tanner just were pushing each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that's so fun. Like, it, and it, did you even post any of the clips, or was it literally just you guys having fun? 
Uh, Tanner posted uh, some stuff on Instagram. I made a little edit. We hit this like little church rail and something else. I did a super fed and uh, some, I don't even remember. I think it was a front six. And I posted that, but it was just like for fun. They, Tanner vlogged it all and made a vlog out of it. It's pretty high. He's like, I did this rail. Yeah. The caption of it. <laughs> That's awesome. I This is like just a, a random thing I was thinking of. Because I, I can't imagine doing urban without filming it. Are you, when you're in the park and you're just, you know, you're spinning like over a thousand degrees on a single rail. Are you always filming that? Or are you doing that same thing even when there's no camera? I mean, there's days where I want to take hot laps and stuff like like along that line but um if we're not filming i try and like work on the unnatural side of things and then i'll like do i've been working on like unnatural three swaps recently and uh it's fours on so like if i'm not filming i'll do that stuff because i know i'm not good at it and then once i'm like yo i got this shit let's let's film and then we'll start filming bro it's crazy but, yeah yeah it's so crazy. I was watching, I think, the most recent clip you posted from that USA, USASA thing. You did like a three swap. Mm-hmm. You did like a three swap on a down rail. It didn't even have a kink in it or anything. <laughs> yeah. I have I have three swaps down pretty good. I, I kind of treat them like it's a four or like so with blind three ups, I treat it like it's a four on almost. I get on, I just bend my knees as soon as I get on and I just bounce. So it's a land like it's a four on. I I suck at four ons. I don't know why. Can't do them. But it's for the three up. It that's probably why I'm bad at four ons. Is because of my three ups. But uh, I land, and I'm just locked on. My body is just like ready. Like it just felt like a two on, and I can do whatever out. And I figured that out. And I my first time ever doing a three up on a rail. It was at on this shitty little flat rail at Ski Bowl. And I did it, and like no one back then ever really did three ups on flat rails. So that video that I posted, it like blew up. So I got really good at that, and I started doing more of that on like more bigger rails. And that's now kind of my thing. I just do it on any rail. Yeah. It's funny that you say that you don't like four ons to rails. Because I'm thinking of like Will Wesson, who's also really good at at rails and i think it was i don't remember if it was in a podcast or i think it was in a slush it was in a slush video because somebody did four on he's like yeah i don't do four ons basically so why why is that that you know people that are nasty at rails just don't or some people that are gonna like really good at rails just don't like them um well for me well for this year especially fours on is like really hard on my my knee because i land front from or left foot forward so it just bangs down it's a lot of pressure that's like the main reason i didn't like it this year i did one at the usasa and did it to forward and it just not did not feel good it was just so much like bang but in the past i've like i don't even know it's weird my i did more unnatural forearms this year than i did naturals it's I, and i'm horrible at on that on jumps ask anyone ask my left corks on a jump are the worst thing to ever watch. <laughs> I've tried for years to get them good. They do not work. Awful. Yeah. Damn. So, all right. So we're almost at like an hour. Um, 
You want to do some viewer questions? We got we got a bunch of them, dude. Yeah, sure. All right. So we'll start off with the one that we've been doing over the past couple of weeks. What's your hot take in skiing? Um, I I would say my hot take in skiing is uh, accounts stealing content and not tagging you. I mean, that really makes me mad. I've probably blocked like 400 accounts just of them stealing my content and not tagging me. And yeah, that's definitely one of my hot takes. There you go. And so when you're doing rail skiing, you'll, you'll, have you ever like just ripped it without credit or from the start, you were always just giving credit to the skier and the filmer? Oh, always giving credit. If I found something on like YouTube and I, like, I want to post it and I don't know who it is. I won't post it. I might put it on the story and be like, who knows this guy's Instagram. But I've, I think I've only done that once and I didn't even find the Instagram. So I was pretty bummed. All right. There's your hot take. And this is a potential, another hot take. Uh, Brant underscore Jarvis asks, how do you feel about the judging at Steel City Showdown? He says, he says you should have placed on the podium. I've heard that a lot. Um, I mean, I wish I did better, but I, I see how the judges scored me. A lot of the, the people that did the top three did, or the top three people did stuff on like bigger features. So like the 2P8, like that might be like an insane trick, but it was on like the little the littlest rail in the feature or in the contest um i think the two front nine got scored pretty well um and the switch to missy got scored pretty well in my opinion i slapped my hand so if i would have landed a little bit cleaner i probably would have got a higher score with that but uh i'm still a little bummed on the 2p8 score but it's all right yeah so you're so you're not super bummed you're just like ah whatever yeah, I, I just know what I got to do next year. I just got to take the tricks that I did just onto the bigger features. I just didn't want to, like, that that big battleship rail, it was very inconsistent, and I didn't want to waste the whole contest doing that. So I was just like, if I do something on these three rails, which I have on lock, just insane, maybe it'll, it'll boost. Because even, like, uh, like... I don't even did. I think Mac got the blind three at Pretz for first try, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like Owen, Owen Reddy, he goes to Weist Academy, and he did the five swap, and he got that. I think it took him like four tries in the contest, and that's like that's pretty quick because honestly, that would have taken me a lot longer because that's a big ass rail. And I had oh, I was so sick during Steel City. I had 104 fever the night before. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's bad. that hike was killing me. I couldn't breathe. I, everyone would try and talk to me, and I just like <laughs> it was bad. Damn. Well, I'll be keeping an eye out for you next year because I feel like if you've already made it to the finals twice, you'll probably make it again. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, Wumbo skis. What rider was your biggest influence growing up? Uh, growing up, it was definitely Nick, without a doubt. Um, now, um, for style-wise, easily Tom. I I will always look up to Tom. Um, but, like, younger, like, a younger person, or, like, how do I word it better? Um, more my generation is Jed. Okay, sick. Jed Blue Waters. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Uh, Wamarin asks, what's your favorite movie segment? Cool. That one's hard. Or it could even be edit since you, since you're kind of past the age of like yearly movies coming out. 
Um, well, honestly, in my like, in my opinion, it's it's weird. I like watching like my friends make movies. Like, so like growing up, um, uh, Perfect North, like all the homies would make. It's they used to call it Ankiller Productions. Like uh, X Ankiller, he's from Perfects, if you didn't know, and he used to be in them. And I think, I, uh, what's that movie's name? Uh, I don't know. I forget the name of it. But they make like a movie every year. They probably haven't done it in like three or four years. But those movies always give me hype because it's just like the homies throwing down just like for this this movie that hopefully would get 5K views. But yeah, those are definitely my favorites. Dude, it's so funny you say that because I, I feel the exact same way about the videos I watched when I was growing up in New England. Like the stuff coming mm-hmm. out of Connecticut, shout out A6O Media, like the YMR guys up in Vermont. Like those videos, I look back on those and they make me feel the most nostalgic about skiing. Not, you know, some huge, like there's yeah. obviously some movies like that really what... got me into it, but those are the ones I look back with the most nostalgia for sure. Oh yeah, it's like what got you to love the sport. Like all your homies just like doing what they love and just throwing down. Yeah, that's it's what it's all about. What was uh what was Ankilla like when he was uh, younger at the mountain? Whole different person. Like it, that's not the same dude. Really? Like, like what, uh, what was different? Um, his style completely changed. Um, I don't know. He just wasn't like now. He's very outgoing, as you can tell uh back then i don't know i don't know how to describe it (laughs) um yeah it's like if he was in high school just like a high school guy and then funny he was super funny i loved his style like i looked up to him as a style and then he changed to like really really swerve um, but he used to do like the nastiest 50 fifties I've ever seen. Like if you go back and watch any Ankilla productions movie, he would like switch 50 any rail or like 180 on 50, like disaster rail. Like it was nuts. No that's, one could 50 50 like him like that I've ever seen. That's super sick. Like rails that are like this skinny too. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch some it, of those. It was crazy. The one, the one that I'm thinking that's called Somnium. Somnium? That's what it's called. Somnium. I don't even know what it stands for, but it's called Somnium or something like that. <laughs> All right, I'll go watch that one. Um, Luke, uh, Luke O'Brien asked, if you could only hit one rail the rest of your life, what kind of rail would it be? Um, uh, the uh, Either the roller coaster rail at Meadows or the swoosh rail at T-Line. Only if the swoosh rail was like 10 feet longer. If I was able to get a swap or something on the swoosh rail, that rail would be insane. But I, I, as of right, that rail is like very short. So you just get on and you flip off. Yeah. But if that rail is 10 feet longer, my dream rail. That's sick. We have one of those. We, we, we still have one of those at uh, Ski Sundown back in Connecticut, even though I only, got, I only got out there like once or twice a season. But we called it the Unbow. And it was uh, like probably 20 feet. And it's just this huge. It just boosts you right off. Like I, I love watching clips from those yeah. because like when I was younger, the kids that would throw down were throwing down on that rail and just sending crazy stuff out of it. Yeah. It's, it's like a dream. Like if they would put that rail on a knuckle, that would be my jump. That's all I need. Yeah. 
but I would never hit a jump again. I would just hit that thing. Yeah. Uh, Jack Katie asks, what's your favorite trick done on your summer setup? Uh, I think it's, I did like a three transfer rail. I did front up onto the first one and then front up onto the second one again to back swap, back swap onto the third one to a front swap front two. Oh I think that was probably the hardest one I've ever done. Yeah. Cause it was like three different transfers and then it was a quad swap and I landed it and I'm like, that was on accident. The, the back swap between it was not on purpose or not on that. Yeah. Not on purpose. Yeah. How, so how many definitely... tries does a trick like that take you on a backyard setup? Oh, I, that backyard setups can kill you. Uh, I usually would spin sometimes like I'd get a, I'd get a rail in my mind and a trick in my mind. And I would usually try that for usually an hour. And then if I don't get it within the hour, I go and take a break and then I'll come back out or like somehow try and make a little tweak in the rails that maybe it was messing me up. But if I don't get it within an hour, I'm just raged out and I'm over it. I'll end up breaking a rail with my skis. Yeah. All right. Dylan Schroeder, what's your favorite Tofaloaf memory? Oh, there's so many. Uh, I love when Tof like I've like like the at the academy, everyone's learning new stuff, and Tof's always filming. So I've seen the most gnarly slams, and Tof's just giggling. His giggle is the best thing about him. It's so good. There was a kid named Angus. Uh, we were at Park City, and he was doing a switch cork. We, we set it so early, and he did like a switch 180 backflip and a half straight to his head. And Toph screamed in a, like a laughing matter. And he bounced back up and looked at Toph and just started laughing again. And Toph's just screaming and laughs. <laughs> so like those are definitely like my favorite moments with Toph. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. He sounds like a if good guy. Go, if you go through like any of my clips, you can like hear him screaming most of the time. I think I might do that. I think I might make like a video of all the Toph laughs and just put it on YouTube. Yeah. I think that'd be a great video. Dude, if you were if you were one of the SoundCloud kids, you would turn that you would use that as a sample in one of your songs. Oh, that'd be fire too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jake Doobie asks, uh, he said, ask Jackson about his car getting stuck this summer. Oh, yeah, that, that's a story. Yeah, um, what was happening with that? So, so my, we were fishing at this pond and you have to drive, or if you want to like bring your car down there, you have to drive like down this, not, it's like a kind of steep hill but it was just like straight grass for like a mile. And I just have a Honda Accord. So like, it's not, it's front wheel drive. It's small, lowered. Um, and we were, we were fishing and we were vlogging the whole thing. This is, it's the best thing. And I went to, I wanted to go up to the gate to get my friends and my buddy was filming me go up to the gate cause I was burning out. And I guess I landed in Indiana that day. I guess the night before it like rained like five inches and I didn't know. And I was driving up the hill and I slowly started sliding down into the pond. And like once I got like probably five feet from the water, my buddy gets up against the car and stops the car somehow. And he's filming too at the same time. 
and we start freaking out. I'm still in the car. Everyone's like, don't move, don't move. And I got like all my friends in Indiana have trucks. Like there's like two of us at cars. So every single one of them pulled up with a truck and all tied up to me. And we sat there for probably a good hour. And cause we were like, if I go in, you're all going in. And eventually we just sent it and we got it out. But that was probably the scariest moment of my life. I freaked out for sure. <laughs> that's pretty good, man. And that's, a, and you said that's on YouTube now. Yeah, it's in one of my vlogs. I have to go back to vlog and I miss it. Yeah. But yeah, it's in one of my vlogs. Sick. So we had a bunch of questions about getting good at skiing. Like it, this is probably the most I've like I've seen from people asking for advice. So Cade Lee asks, uh, what do you do to help prevent getting burnt out? And what has helped your progression the most? Um, to help from getting burnt out. Um... I've never, never really thought about that. Wow, that's a that's a question. <laughs> um, I I would just say try not to make everything about skiing. Do other things. Yeah. Um. What was the other question? And then the other one was, uh, what what has helped your progression the most? I, I'm. I've always said this to kids. I I swear, slack lines get you good at rails. Oh wow! Slack lines is the key to rails. <laughs> I I was a big slackline kid uh, growing up, and I I stopped doing it for years. And then when quarantine hit, I bought four slacklines because I broke them all, and I loved them. And I started to get back into slacklines. Then I tore my knee. But I think this summer I'll buy another slackline because they're fun. Yeah. So but, and and Killa asks. He says, "What's your biggest insight for strong footwork on rails?" So is that also slacklining or is that something else? Uh, slacklining and I mean, for me, what made me like, I feel like what boosted my rails is my backyard setup and the slackline, just like knowing where my body goes and where my eyes are going the whole time. Um, yeah, that probably those, that's the two biggest things that like helped in the off season for sure. Yeah. And getting my air awareness. Air awareness is like the biggest thing in skiing. You got to know where you're at. Yeah. So whatever you can do to get your air awareness better, do that. Yeah. And so, so Taylor Sardella asks, has, how has the trampoline helped your skiing? So does that help out with that air awareness? Yeah, that's, that was a bit, I used to love the tramp. Like I used to try things that like I've never seen before. Like I think the, the first thing or the last thing I really did on a tramp was before I hurt my shoulder and I did a 10 to three to three. And then I did a seven, seven, three. And those were the last things I did on tramp, but yeah, it's all air awareness things. I remember like at Wendell's, we were all trying to get good at tramp because we had this thing where like, if you can trip 14 on trampoline, then you can dub 10 on snow easy. So we were always like, if we want to triple, we have to do a seven, seven, three or a 10 to three, three to get that air awareness out. So we would always try crazy stuff on the tramp to to boost it on snow. But yeah, yeah, trampoline is a good thing for skiing. When you're doing the slack line, do you walk out to the middle or do you just hop right on the middle and start doing start practicing? Uh I like to I like to do both. Um usually I'll start out with walking to the middle. Um 
and like that like you have to like move your foot by the way that it moves with your body so that I mean that's a great thing with rails like like think of like an s rail it's like you're always moving with it it's like a slack line except for slack lines like ridiculously much harder so like if you can walk a slack line back and forth like a bunch especially if they're like 50 feet long an s rail will be easy yeah dude you're the that is genius dude you're the first person i've heard say that and it just it just makes so much sense like yeah damn i don't like i've never heard it before either like i thought like i remember when we were younger all my buddies would have slack lines like they weren't even like skiers that we were just all slack line and i slowly started doing it so much more i'm like this is like ski like hitting a rail yeah if you really think about it it's like the way you you have to feel how you're moving and that's how a rail is you feel how you're going yeah Damn, that is that is clever. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna use that to try to uh, practice a little bit this summer. Um, Hell yeah. So so the next section is kind of like future oriented. So uh, Taylor also asked, has have jumps taken a backseat in your skiing this year, and uh, is that kind of gonna stay that way going forward? Um. Uh. I would, I'd want to say no, like I want to keep hitting jumps, but I feel like I don't want to be doing triples anymore. I want to be, I still want to be doing doubles. Like I want to do sick things like style wise. Um, but yeah, this season was a little hard on my knees. So I just kind of stayed away from it, but I'm definitely more of a rail person. So you're going to see a lot more rail content from me than jumps. Yeah. Cool. And then, uh, I've, you've already kind of answered this one, uh, Thomas uh, Thompson H eight. Will there be more vlogs, and if so, will you start posting more frequently? Yes, I. Their vlogs are coming soon. I'm sorry that they aren't ski vlogs, but they are coming soon. The, I, I mean, I'll put like, like the type of stuff that I do. Like, it's just hard to make vlogs while skiing. I said that earlier, but yeah. Hopefully next season I'll have like a filmer to where I can do ski vlogs, but it's so much easier for me to like go out during my day, like in a summer and just film stupid shit with my friends and do a vlog. Yeah. And it's, it's fun and I enjoy it. It gives me something to do in the summer. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's all the viewer questions. So, and we've already kind of covered like future stuff going forward, but you want to leave everyone off with like future plans future vision like inside of skiing outside of skiing could be whatever like what what should people look forward to what do you like hope to achieve here going forward as of right now my future plans is to just really be pushing content on instagram tiktok and youtube i really want to push youtube a lot this summer and go into the vlog thing so hopefully you'll be seeing more of that um I don't really know my plans for next year yet. I low key like my what I really want to do is live in Indiana and travel. I just want to be like based there and like travel from everywhere else. Cause like, if I live in Park City, like there would only be Woodward because they're getting rid of th Three Kings. Um, I don't know. I just I love the vibe of Perfects and I can ski there and still travel. And I would want to do that. Yeah, you're 18. We still got a lot of time to watch it. So I feel like this was a good, uh, this was like a good base. You know, we're setting a base for you to like look back on and be like, oh yeah, when I was 18, I thought I was going to do that. 
and then <laughs> and then I ended up doing something different or I ended up doing exactly that. So dude, want to thank you for coming on today. This was uh it was awesome to get to talk to you. I'm sure the perfect north kids will be really happy because they've been blowing up my DMs about this. So yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, it was fun.